Shalom, this is Rabbi Tama Davis Hart from Beth Elohim Messianic Synagogue, and today I would like to delve into the Psalm of David, that is Psalm 23, 1 through 6, and the theme is the Great Shepherd. I think uh, as we progress through these end times, it's more important than ever that we understand Scripture for what it is and not just the literal word. So let's get started. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Everyone here knows this psalm, and it's probably the first you ever committed to memory. This is indeed the pearl of the psalms. No other pastoral poem is loved so well and is so highly prized as Psalm 23. Most scholars assign a Davidic authorship of Psalm 23, the subject matter and poetic style are clearly that of David. But at what period in David's life did he compose this psalm? Only two possibilities exist, either in his early shepherd's life or in his waning years. We cannot judge which it is for certain, but the question has no bearing on the spiritual impact of the psalm. So let's look a little deeper into verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. Have you ever thought about this phrase as more than just a declarative sentence? The metaphor of the shepherd is frequently found in scriptures. Isaiah 40, 11, 49, 9 through 10, Jeremiah 31, 10, Ezekiel 34, 6 through 19, and in John 10, 11 through 19, Yeshua also chose to show his relation to his people by a figure of a shepherd. In John 10:11, he said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. If God be as shepherd to us, we must be as sheep to him. An inoffensive, meek, quiet, silent before the shearers, and even before the butcher too. We also find reference to the shepherd in Hebrews 13:20, 1 Peter 2:25, 5:4. And Revelation 7.17. Read those passages at your leisure. We also have to think at what condescension that the infinite Yahweh Elohim would characterize himself as a finite shepherd. But even more astonishing is an element in this phrase that is the little word, my. Do we have the right, or even the psalmist, the right, to call Yahweh Elohim our creator, my shepherd. The answer is found in the preceding psalm, which depicts the death of Yeshua the Messiah on the execution stake, and recall what he said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. If we're believers, we have the right, but no one has the right to consider himself a sheep of Adonai unless the Spirit of God has renewed his nature. Unconverted men, are never pictured as sheep, but as goats. I shall not want, follows the Lord is my shepherd. 
and more is implied in these words than expressed. They mean, I shall be supplied whatever I need, and if I have not everything I desire, I may conclude it is either not fit for me, or not good for me, or I shall have it in its due time. In the same vein, each of us, if you are as, as old as I am, should be aware of the four freedoms enumerated by President Franklin D. Roosevelt. The freedom from want, the freedom from fear, the freedom of speech, and the freedom of religion, as inconclusive in these words of the psalmist. However, the psalmist goes one better. The sheep of the Lord's pasture possesses five freedoms. The first freedom is from want. Those who abide in the presence of the shepherd never lack for temporal things. In continuing the thought that the good shepherd brings us freedom from want, the psalmist notes, He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Interpretations of this phrase have generally followed along two lines. Some, like Spurgeon, have understood green pastures to be the place of most substantial feeding for the sheep. Others see a reference to the Lord's rest in the phrase, He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Since the green pastures of Palestine are so few and far between, the sheep must be led from pasture to pasture. When one pasture is found, it's there they rest before moving on to the next pasture. Coupled with the expression, He leadeth me beside the still waters, we can see the perfect balance between rest and activity. This metaphor, He leadeth me beside the still waters, assumes the same role as that of green pastures. Just as the grass of the green pastures is deep enough to lie in, so also we must understand that still waters run deep. Any deep experience with the shepherd can only be accomplished by time spent with the shepherd, as the words lie down indicate. He restoreth my soul. Not only is physical sustenance provided by the good shepherd, but spiritual restoration is provided as well. When the soul becomes sorrowful, he revives it. When our spirit becomes weak, he reinvigorates it. We have freedom from depletion, for every time we would stray, as a sheep would, he brings us back. When after one sin, David's heart smote him, and after another, Nathan was sent to tell him, Thou art that man. God restored his soul. Through God may suffer his people to fall into sin, he will not suffer them to lie in it. The next sentence in this psalm is, He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness. It is he who instructs me by his word and directs me by conscience and providence. It is the work of righteousness that is peace. In these paths we cannot walk unless God both lead us into them and lead us in them. The word translated paths means the ways clearly marked by wheeled traffic. These are not rabbit trails to oblivion, but are the paths of pleasantness and peace. See Proverbs 3.17 Why and for what purpose does the Good Shepherd lead us in the paths of righteousness? It's for His name's sake. It's for His glory. The leading of the Lord is accomplished out of pure grace. It's to the honor of the great shepherd that we keep the commandments of the word and walk in the narrow way of righteousness. 
Yea, though I have walked through the valley of the shadow of death. In the course of the late afternoon, the shepherd may find himself walking through deep ravines, overhung with high cliffs, which cause intermittent shadows. The sheep would naturally have an aversion to this darkness as a cover for beasts of prey. Yet, with the shepherd to lead them, there is nothing to fear. We must remember that as we continue through these end times. It's going to get worse before it gets better. It will get worse until he comes, till he returns. For though I am under the arrests of death and have a death sentence upon my head, and should consider myself a dying man, yet I am easy, for the wicked are chased out of this world. Their souls are required of them, but the saints take a walk to another world as cheerfully as they take leave of this one. I will fear no evil. The shadow of death is nothing to fear. As the shadow of the sword cannot kill, the shadow of death cannot destroy. Because Yeshua has taken the sting out of death, we can say with the psalmist, I will fear no evil. And this is a lifetime growing process. But how is it that we don't fear evil? Previously the psalmist referred to God as He. Now here he refers to Him with a more intimate Thou, for Thou art with me. The intimacy of the statement, The Lord is my shepherd, is now seen in His direct address to the God of heaven. When we come to know God personally through His Son Yeshua the Messiah, His living Torah, the death barrier is shattered. All who have trusted in Yeshua as their atonement are not only free from want, but have freedom from the fear of death as well. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. The rod and staff are symbols of the shepherd's office. By them he guides the sheep and chases away the enemies. These are the incense of the sovereignty of the shepherd over his sheep. When passing through the shadow ravine, the sheep know the gentle tap of the shepherd's staff or of his rod that is designed for their safe passage. Thus they heed that gentle leading. In Psalm 110.2, Yeshua is called the rod of Yahweh's strength, sent out of Zion, and is the one designated to lead us in safety and confidence. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Unlike the account of Gideon and his 300 soldiers in Judges 7-6, the Lord does not command us to hastily snatch a meal in the presence of our enemies, but actually prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. Nothing is hurried. There's no confusion. We are with the great shepherd. And even in the midst of our enemies, there is and will be perfect peace. Thou anointest my head with oil. The shepherd would carry a small flask of oil to anoint the scratched face of sheep that had to find their food among the thorns and thistles. But in the imagery of the psalmist, with relation to believers today, the anointing of our heads with oil must be taken to mean the filling of the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit. It is by the Ruach that we have an unction without which we cannot be a believer-priest, but with which we are assured of his continued favor. My cup runneth over. This expressive metaphor means that not only has our cup been filled to the brim, 
but also it runs over the brim, indicating a state of bliss rarely experienced in this life. If this statement relates to the preceding one, in the life of the believer it means that we may be continually filled to overflowing with the Spirit of God, even in such times as these. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. So certain is the psalmist that these twin graces will follow him that he begins his summary statement with a heavenly verily, which also means surely. Goodness and mercy will not simply follow, but will pursue him. The verb used here in Hebrew, rada, is used elsewhere in a predominantly hostile sense. That it is given a benevolent sense here makes its usage even more striking. These graces actively seek us out when we walk with the Good Shepherd, and that means following his Torah, his instructions, out of love. They are present with us in times of feasting as well as in times of fasting all the days of my life. Finally, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The prayer of 27.4 is a certain reality to the psalmist. The house of the Lord does not indicate a temple or a church, but rather a communion with God. The fact that we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever indicates sonship, for a servant never abides in the house. As a child of God who walks in the path of the Good Shepherd, we are always home with God. This is the fifth of the five freedoms, freedom from desertion. The Shepherd has promised me, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. That's in Hebrews 13.5. And whether through the green pastures, the still waters, through the valley of death, or even in the presence of mine enemies, I know we as true believers can know he is always there. Amen and Amen.